came on, I knew that it was something we were supposed to do. Um, help me, Jesus. That, that line of that song, you split the sea so that I could walk right through it. And I don't know if you've, this is the story of where the children had escaped from Egypt, right? And they're against the water and the enemies are pulling in, do you remember? And the Lord split the sea and they went through on dry ground. They got over to the promised land and as the enemies started coming in there, then the waters closed back. Do you know this story? So when that song relates that to me, when that song relates it to you, that he splits the sea, that the enemy's closing in on us, and the Lord splits the sea and gives us a different path to go, right? And we walk through on dry ground. That's his goodness. That's you coming to understand it looks really bad. The enemy's here. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here. Oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do? Right? And so the Lord makes a way, and we start trusting that he's going to make a way. So one is we go, God, you're here. I know you're here. And then true, two is trusting his faithfulness to lead us someplace. And then his goodness is that he's going to lead us on dry ground to a different place than what we knew about. So when he says he split the sea so that I could walk right through, uh, my fears are drowned in perfect love. Like, I want you to take hold of that that's an action. You have fears. They're real, and something can be done with them that can be drowned in his perfect love. You take the next step, and he closes in on the fears behind you and drowns them. Do you get what I'm saying? So then the Lord did this linking with Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the donkey Palm Sunday, right? We always think about Palm Sunday, oh, la, 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 right? I just kind of I'm from a church culture where people just say the stories and wrote and they don't actually have any meaning. I don't know what your Christian background is or your religious background is. But since I've become a Christian, I've asked the Lord, don't let me miss a single detail about what the Lord has done and is doing. So we first start talking about, Jenna, what do you think I was actually doing? This was the question that the Lord posed to me. What do you think I was actually doing when I was coming into Jerusalem? And I'm going, well, the Bible stories are, Right? Those are what I could recite, the Bible stories. And so then the Lord linked these two stories and laid one right over the other. Is that we're stuck, there's no place for us to go, and here comes Jesus walking through a new path leading us to the promised land. Surrounded by fears on every side. And he walks into Jerusalem and makes a new way for us. And then he starts closing over. When Jesus walked into Jerusalem to be on the cross... All of our fears were drowned in perfect love because he made a way for us that had never been made before. Can you get this connecting of this picture? Can you see it? So then, the next thing is the Lord goes, and I didn't stop there. And I, I'm just still, this is so fresh for me. I'm still kind of burning on it myself. But I just keep thinking about what was it like for Jesus to be in Jerusalem and knowing what was coming, and he's still walking down this path. He's walking toward the cross. He's still walking in a path for us, leading us, showing us God's faithfulness and God's goodness, leading us to yet another promised land through the cross. And as he does that, all the waters close behind him and drowns the enemies. It's like there's something. Do you, can you see this picture? Him walking and things happening in his wake. Things ha- walking and things happening in his wake. And then I'm going, oh my gosh. And then he came right through the cross, through hell, and back up through the empty tomb. And he made us a way for us, and everything was closed in. Help me, Jesus. He walked through the grave, through the empty tomb, 
and brought us resurrection. And when he showed us God's faithfulness, leading us to a new place, and all that flood behind him killed all of our fears. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you guys connect these dots? I know it's like I'm out there. There's something about what does it mean that this God has been all along trying to show us, I'm here, it's really bad, I'm still good, I'm still faithful, and I'm going to lead you through the mess to new life, and it's going to kill all of your fears. There's something about that, and when you start grabbing hold of that, you start seeing, no matter how bad it is in my life, no matter what I'm up against, God's here, he loves me, I'm his child, and he's going to provide for me one way or another, and I keep thinking about the courage, you know, Chuck and I have been teaching on different things about disappointment and fear and that kind of stuff. And just the last couple of days, I've just been so struck by the courage it took Jesus to come into Jerusalem. Like just a man, just a person like me and you, knowing what was going to happen. And yet he just kept taking step after step because even though he was afraid, even though, don't think for a minute that Jesus wasn't afraid. If you go read scriptures that talks about he was vexed in spirit he was troubled in spirit he was sorely overcome it's like he was feeling that just like we were and he knew what was going to happen he knew the outcome right but he still had to go through it step by step and just walk through it trusting that God was going to show up for him so I'm going to give you just a couple of verses that God's been talking to me about that somehow one day probably not tonight but somehow these things are going to all connect but I want to give them to you and just tell you how he's been speaking to them to me over the last couple of days and <clears throat> one is psalm 67 sorry 62 7 and if you don't have a bible i've got my phone maybe you can just look it up on your phone too because you're going to need something here in just a few minutes to look up so psalm 62 7 um uh let me find it here and i've got it in the um message because that's how it came to me today psalm 62 7 Um, hold on a second let me get to it my help and glory are in God granite strength and safe harbor God I'm just going to read that again my help and glory are in God granite strength and safe harbor God so trust him absolutely people Lay your lives on the line for him. God is a safe place to be. So that's Psalm 62, 7 in the message. And, and I, I learned the Bible in NIV, so it's much more traditional. But there's something about reading it in a different translation. You're like going, a granite strength and safe harbor God. What was I worried about again? Like just how strong is this God? Oh, this is the God that parts the sea, that comes through death to the life on the other side. I mean, it's like sometimes you just got to stop and preach the gospel to yourself, right? And some of you, if you don't know Jesus like that, you got to throw out the Bible stories and meet the gospel. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like sometimes I have to stop and go, forgive me, God, that I've made you a Bible story instead of the most powerful creature in the face of the earth. You know what I mean? It's like this is the source of everything in my life and sometimes I make him really small and when I stop and go oh you're the granite strength and safe harbor God so trust him absolutely who else am I going to trust who's got that kind of power who's got that kind of love and then Romans um, 8 11 let me see which version I want you to read this one in <clears throat> what wrong book hold on Romans 
Chuck, do you have it in um, NIV there? Yeah. You read it in NIV because I want to read it in a different translation. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Let me find it here. 8.11. So there's something about we look at Jesus and we see how big he is and how strong he is and what he's willing to do. And then there's something about if his spirit lives in us, what does that make us? And I, this is not the translation. So I want, Chuck, I'm going to, let me just change the translation so I can read it for this. NIV 8.11. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. That's why I'm having a hard time. I'm going, Chuck, this is not the same thing. Just a second. 8.11. Sorry. One moment. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, if the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. We sometimes read that as eternal life, but it's like life. Like right now. He'll give life because in heaven you're not going to have a mortal body. Right? You're going to have a supernatural body, but you're not going to have a mortal body. So this is a promise. It's like I, I'm, I read this and I went, oh my gosh, I think I'm leaving stuff on the table. Right? How much of God do you want? Like how much deliverance do you want? How much hope do you want? How much deliverance from disappointment? And, and um, there was another word besides disappointment. Disillusionment. I kept praying that off, disillusionment. Like, I don't really think I believe in that. Even disbelief, like, how much of God do you want? Because if Christ, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, also lives in me, he's going to give life to my mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in me. This is power-packed. This is a promise that you can take to the bank. And then the last one that I want to give you is Romans 12. Sorry, John 12. Come back here. No, 